I got my man Luke Wallace in the room with me, and he is a beautiful man. He not only is he a handsome motherfucker, I think I've kissed him at one or two parties, probably have. Um, he is also an osteo, so he's a professional, actual doctor. And but the thing I love about him, he is in the room, so he can respond. Say you say something. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Um, <laughs> What I love about him particularly is his, his holistic approach to healing one's body and the understanding of the emotions and the spirit in the body as well as being a professor or a scientist on the body. So, I mean, I've done many, lots of work with um, Luke. I lived with him for a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm particularly fond of him for those reasons. I feel like his work works. Um, I, if it's me lying down and him touching my head and my shoulders and recalibrating the balance within my body um, in very realistic, special, <laughs> clever ways, <laughs> like scientific ways. Or if it's me just having a phone call with him and saying, hey, man, I'm feeling this. I don't know what it is, but I'm really cross. And then he just, allow, within a matter of like 10 minutes, just sinks down into the deeper layer of what's going on inside me. Um, f- pokes a finger at it and goes, that's what's going on. <laughs> and boy, is he accurate when he does. So, Luke Wallace, <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> you. Uh, thank you very much, Jeremy. I didn't even know what to say. I was just a whirlwind. <laughs> Typically, as you are, I was like, yes, I'm feeling <laughs> yes. good to be here. <laughs> well, I could, I mean, I know, I know you quite well, but yep. I'm particularly interested to talk about why you want to do what you want to do with your work at the moment and why it is that you think it is relevant to be helping people and healing people in this way right now in this point in time. Beautiful. Um, to give a bit of a back context, yes, mm-hmm. I'm an osteopath, so we treat the body holistically in a manual way. Um, but I'm really interested in my, how mind and emotion affects the physical body. So having studied kinesiology as well as osteopathy um, – and treating people for a large number of years purely on a physical level, mm. I could really see both people that had trauma uh, and also learn the tissue feel of what trauma would feel like. So there's definitely more to the body than just physical trauma. Um, so I'm really interested in helping people connect with their body and what that means is to actually be able to feel, identify, understand what they're feeling, what they're thinking and how to operate um, on a daily level, both physically and mentally, in a better way. Perfect. And so, and each that each time, that's very much feeling out in the moment, isn't it? Like you get a sense of things. Because I would call you mm. a seer. You yeah. can just see. Yeah, I think everyone's got a sense that they are stronger at. Um, and my perception has always been very good to observe what is happening in people. Mm. Um, for whatever reason and characteristic, that's that's obviously been trained in me. But also, I have a feel as well. Um, so, I my six senses are to feel what goes on in your body, to see, yeah, images or occurrences or within your body, mm. um, and because it prints out like your state of being or your well being or where you're at in your mind and your, what you're going through in life really prints out in the body. I mean, that's what you've particularly taught me. Yeah. I mean, there's a beautiful book called The Body is a Barometer of Your Soul. And I really do believe that um, on a basic level, our body is an expression of what's happening in the mind. Um, And the more obviously I read and the more I find, there's already so much research and showing um, how mind and the body are so intricately connected. Mm. um, And they really are one. And it's just a bigger expression of the same thing playing out in our thoughts or our physical body. 
I love it. Yeah. And um and why do you think the current climate is such that we've have that separation between uh, we like we what I liken it to is I run around with my head forward and I'm mm. dragging my body with what I want to do in my life. I don't often mm. sit into my I mean with meditation I do but more often mm. than not, you know, you don't really check in with your body and where, where, how am I feeling? I'm reading a beautiful book at the moment. Um not sure of the exact name, but Molecules of Emotion, I think it's called. And it talks about how, yeah, for a long period of time, based on the church controlling medicine, um, there was a separation of, okay, in order to be able to get bodies, in order to dissect them down, we're going to deal with just purely the physical elements and we're going to leave mind, psyche, soul, spirit to the church. Um, So for so long, Western medicine has been delved into purely the physical. Um, But as science catches up and church no longer holds strength with science, we're able to much more understand, yeah, the molecules of emotion, the actual neuropeptides and neurotransmitters mm. and hormones that actually occur in our body when we're stressed or emotional. Right. Um, but all that being said, basically what we think is what we feel. Um, so, yeah, if someone has, comes in with pain, well, the first question is, you know, okay, what's obviously happened to you, but what are you feeling? And that's quite a foreign question to someone. And it's something that, oh, yeah, yeah. Doctors ask that, I guess, don't they, in general? But Well, they ask what you feel in terms of context of pain, but they don't ask how you feel. Right. In terms of emotion. Yeah. Powerful shit, man. <laughs> I, I, I love talking about feelings, so I'm all into this. But um, I definitely, th- it's exciting to hear from you that there is a hybrid coming of, of spirit and science or sorts. of, of- Absolutely. Um you know, similarly in this book, it talks about God being a molecule of, um, yeah, neuropeptide or a hormone. Mm. Um, so even the concept of God being able to feel that in our body mm. uh, is something that's very interesting to me. Mm. Um, of someone that always definitely been searching for the truth around God and took a long sort of sabbatical and time to sort of mm. understand my relationship with him, her, whatever it is, and mm. myself. Um, and it's definitely shown me a greater way of understanding of both who we are and what we're here on this world for. And can you tell me where you're at right now with your relationship with God? My relationship with God at the moment is that um, the concept of we are all one. So yes, we're all individuals experiencing this world in various different ways, but the collective consciousness, that the collective knowing or mind matter or just knowledge that we have or intelligence that we have um, is being experienced and grown and and relived just as the same as God's is. So um, I liken it to a big ball of energy that exists that God is. uh, And I believe there's something greater than that even itself. I don't know what it is. But um, beneath that is obviously our spirit or our portion of God. Um, which gives us life, creativity, energy. Mm. And then, yeah, there's the physical body, mm. um, which is inclusive of the mind. It doesn't feel like that man in the cloud concept, with it's obviously. No, I mean, I see and feel. It's an experience for you. It's isn't an it? experience for me. It's not, an, it's not a uh, thought or an idea. I see spirit. Um, before my mum died or passed away, I knew she was going to pass because I could see this energy or something that was above the house and progressively went from the top of the house to the end of the bed to encapsulate her, to be split off into pieces. And there was a portion that split and disappeared. There was a portion that stayed in the house. And it was only then once her body actually left the farm did that expand into I don't know what. But Mm. all of that was a very visual experience for for me. 
Um, and how would you to try to describe it? It's like in your mind's eye, you feel, or do you see it with your actual eyes? Yeah, well, it's something that I'm. No, it's in my mind's eye. It is, and it's something again that I'm playing with. What's the distinction between intuition, feel, see, seeing, sight? You know, what's what is it? What you feel and what's your intuition? But it it is a. I could close my eyes and see it. I can keep my eyes open and see it. So it's 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 not a um, visual sensory experience. Mm. It's, it's something else. Um, and feel intuition. like and feel like it's something that comes to you as opposed to you conjure it up for some reason. It's something that I can turn on and off. I mean, mm. for a long time, I was. It would happen when I would get shit faced or off my face <laughs> and um, be open to, I guess, myself or break down the barriers. But when I actually let myself drop those barriers, mm. um, I was able to see and access that. And I suppose for a long time I've been trying to prove my medical aspect and switched off my intuition. Mm. But as I've got more comfortable with myself and more affirmed in my beliefs, then I've slowly opened that back up for the power and healing and purpose of helping other people. Mm. So it's kind of like an access because to me my perception of it is oh, we've got all varying uh, ability to tune into these deeper levels of what we are mm. and and they've been misunderstood they've been you know like the the mechanics of our existence have been explained in thousands of different ways some write things off like we're just like you know there's a million different ways to describe mm. it if it's scientific religious um really animated what's that thing simulation theory all that kind of stuff but i mean what you're saying is that you're kind of just settling into you, you've got a natural gift i think to be able to tune it to use your body as an instrument to tune into this a deeper realm of what's going on that isn't ordinarily tuned into yeah i don't think it's ordinarily but i think it's accessible for most yeah. um yes we're all different and we're all variants on the spectrum of how we think feel see hear. um yeah, what we're more attuned to being observant to. But um, for whatever reason, that's acutely attuned in me. And it's my, I guess, greatest gift um, and what I hope to share with people and use that to empower people. Mm -hmm. And you want to do it through your one-on-one -on -one sessions in your, as well as other ways? I would like to help people, uh, the most people, in the best way possible. So mm. whatever that is, at the moment it is a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. I'm also doing men's work, helping facilitate groups of men. Um, that's something that really interests me at the moment. Mm. I'm interested in writing down my process and procedure, which to me empowers me to access different parts of myself, mind, body, heart, emotion, spirit, God, um, so I'd like to create a process for people to connect with mm. and through that then I believe they can um, do it for themselves. Mm. So whether that's something, an online course or something else, I don't know, but down the track, who knows. That's wicked, man. Mm. And so why do you care? Like, Why do I care? Um, all I'm trying to do is make sense of what I already see and feel. So I'm not going out. I mean, yes, I growing up I had a – strong affinity or grew up as a Christian and I, I tried to understand God but with strong shame and, I don't know, um, problems that, that I experienced that I really want. I did want to sit clearly with where, where, where I – understand where I sat clearly with God. Um, so that's been a purpose of mine to live this life unashamedly, either believing or non-believing or to understand. And that's just led me on a road of connecting with people in a much stronger and deeper way and in particular working with people 
uh, with terminal cancer, both my mum and a gentleman that I took care of in Germany had uh, the same brain cancer. Mm. So working with them uh, personally gave me the experience to, I guess, chat with them about death, through death, going into death, mm. um, and just see beyond, yeah, the physical of what's happening for them, but also what's happening for them on a spiritual level. Mm. And, yeah, Naturally, when you see these things, I want to make sense of it. I want to better try to understand it. Right. And so to me, what, what what's coming up as you talk is like this thing that I think a lot of people, we coast through life so long as everything's hunky-dory, but as soon as like a dramatic event happens, like a death or something profound in our lives, we kind of, we we got two options. You either explore it and take it by the horns or, you know, or, you know like go sink into mm. it and try to understand it and feel it out and explore it and research it and and move around in it or we can just shut it up and you know bite your lip and keep going mm. and that seems a recurring pattern from what i observe in different people uh absolutely i mean i'm really trying to understand emotions at the moment and my understanding or perception of it is that we have an experience and based on an experience of it we create a reaction in our mind and body now, if we shut that off and don't sit with it for long enough, it stays trapped within our body. And then any trigger or experience that resembles that obviously triggers that same reaction in our mind and in our body at the same time, and that couples. Right. Now, if we're able to sit with that, at least for a period of 90 seconds, that resolves. Right. But being open to and feeling what we're actually feeling in the body helps shift it. Um, so what's it, can we do an example of that? So can we do an example of that is... Okay. It, it, it's not judging it, right? No, it's no, it's like, not judging it. It's just, it's just, it's just different ways of processing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you, for example, we'll do an example with you if that's yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Um, so can you give me an example about the last time, or well, not an example, just think of an example of the last time you had an argument with your partner. Um, yes. Yep. You can remember it? Yeah. Okay. So now notice where your perception is. Are you seeing it from your head? Are you feeling it from your body? Where are you observing that experience from? My head. Your head. Okay. So now look down from your head to the emotion. Look for where it is in your body. It's, yeah, it's around my chest Chest, and stomach. Okay. So now if you sit from that place and just keep observing it, yeah, it's just uncomfortable. It's uncomfortableness. So now I'll just try something different. Rather than sitting observing it and keeping it locked there or observing it, I'll actually get you to be open to what you're feeling but sit from a place within or beneath the emotion. So what that means is rather than observing it from our mind, we're feeling it from where it is in our body. Okay. And through that, it's like filters and dissolves up into the head and off. Ah. But it's where our observation comes from. So our brain's like a cork. Brain's like a cork. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's a wine bottle. <laughs> so if we can shift our place of observation and awareness and feeling into the actual emotion in our body, it actually it's a feed, it's a feedback loop. It goes back, resets. Right. What do you mean a feedback loop? Like from what you said then, it just uh, pisses off. Well, you've got the reaction occurring initially in the brain which then feeds through and creates reactions through the body. Okay. Now, if that feedback loop isn't finished, it's like electrical stimulus being sent to that same point. Oh, gotcha. Now, if we can sit with it until it does a full loop, it's self-afflicting or it's self-finishing. 
Right, so what we want to do is open the loop and let it out. Yeah, so you want to finish the loop off. Right. And then it resolves. I like it. Get get it out of the old system. So if I sat with it, that discomfort of um, of yeah needing to give myself more in the and relationship. Just being open to the feeling. Mm. And when you notice when you actually sit in it, because you're sitting in it rather than sitting in your mind, you're not necessarily thinking about what it is. You're just feeling it. Mm. And then within 90 seconds, it goes. That's cool. Mm. And so it's, it's kind of the, the, the key there is to discern the difference between witnessing it with the brain and witnessing it from, with the location of where it is. Yeah, within the location of where it is. Um, so we all know that when we get stressed, different people get stressed, they get stressed across their shoulders. Mm. Some people, when they get stressed, get a tight lower back or an upset stomach. Mm. Um, based on the different emotions that we have, we have obviously different receptors in various parts of our body. Um, so if it's affecting our um, steroids, it's affecting our estrogen or, or testosterone, so our female or male organs, then we're obviously going to have receptors in that part of our body. Mm. Over long periods of time, stress will affect the health of that area. Right. Um, so, yeah. For, when I get stressed, I just continually fart for a prolonged period of time until I unstress and then it stops fighting, but it's like an open tap. <laughs> yeah. well, that's exactly no. it. I mean, it literally, when you get stressed, it turns off your nerve supply and blood supply to your stomach. Yeah. So, that, I, that wasn't a real thing. Oh, well, it's true. That's what happens. Uh, but I don't continually <laughs> fart. People don't continually Have you ever had a patient where they just continually fart? Until they are unstressed. No. Okay. No. <laughs> but but generally it's in these it's in the shoulders down to the um, groin, but essentially in your torso region. It can, it can be anywhere. It right. really can be anywhere. Um, but I guess just in asking you in, to, in giving the, the listeners a context, what actually interests you about the work that we've done together? Uh, resolving like res- that. We, there's an actual way, a practical way to resolve shit in myself that I couldn't otherwise resolve, why well, I don't seem so, to be able so to resolve. So why, why have you previously come to me? Can you give you context of maybe why you would have come along? Um, because I feel blocked and yeah. I feel like, I mean, I, I, I feel like the nature, my nature is to love and if I'm not loving in performing love, then I'm blocked. And so, so what could you a mirror? Describe? I want a mirror. You want a mirror? <laughs> you, you can mirror things that are going on. You're very truthful and you, you're honest. So what would the physical manifestation of block be for you? Oh, stressed, um, headache, tense, um, confused. Great. So, so that's the kind of thing that someone would normally come in for. Right. And then they would go, all right, well, what's wrong with me? So working with you, working with your body, you actually start to feel, okay, well, here's the physical manifestation. Sometimes we just ballroom dance for about 20 minutes and it gets rid of everything. <laughs> hey, whatever works, whatever needs to happen. You need a hug. Like, yeah. Oh, hugging definitely helps. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that has been a big challenge for me is like how do I step out of the paradigm of being a doctor, of being an osteopath, of someone who's there to fix you physically to mm. someone who's there to support you mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Mm. Um, that's the thing that inspires me the greatest and I believe that empowers people to transform the most. But how do I step out of my own sense of responsibility to perform the physical as well? Mm, mm, mm. I don't know. Very important, mm. very important work. I feel like it's, um, <clears throat> I suppose it's, it's stuff, something that I'm hungry for continually doing because the thing is it's, it feels like such a continual thing, isn't it? Like you, there's always new things coming up, always new challenges. We're always evolving and progressing. Well, we are and it's, it's something that I really struggle with in a sense of like when is enough? Mm. You know, when can I just be happy and content to just 
be me and be unashamedly great and accepting of where I'm currently at. Does if I if I stop at that point, am I going to die? Am I not going to succeed anymore? Mm. But how do I how do I grow or just continue on a level that isn't always about achieving the next thing? Mm. And yeah, I I guess just the process has been as I try to teach other people, I learn myself. Um, and I find both the people that come in for treatment are at or are, are a mirror, are a reflection of where I'm at. So if I'm willing to accept the problems that they're experiencing and I'm willing to deal with that myself, mm. then I resolve and these people resolve. If I mm. don't, I have people continually coming for the same problems. Mm. So you feel like it's a continual process, this old life we got of growing and growing and growing. Yeah, I believe. I mean, what's been fascinating to me is the concept of life after death or spirit and what that actually means. Um, something that blew me away when I started working in this way or connecting people with, I guess, what I see around them was a process. Um, to give a context, I was treating someone around heart-based work. So they were feeling quite anxious, upset, and uh, connecting them with their own heart and recognizing or giving them a visual picture of all the aspects that are affecting them at the moment. And they started to cry and they said, Julie's here, which is my mother, and she'd passed away already a year ago. Mm. I said, what do you mean she's here? He said, she's here. And this Did is, she know that your mum was called Julie or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they knew. Um, and what I didn't realize is that by connecting people to these visual aspects or other components of themselves, they're able to connect with life after death or people that have passed away. Um, I didn't know that was even possible. I didn't even believe it was possible. But mm. he said, she's here. And we sat down and we had a conversation and spoke for an hour and a half. Spoke about what life's like after death for her. You know, this was something that's completely out of my spectrum of training. But what do I do with it when mm. it, the Pandora's box is opened? Um, so for me, it was a great way to access and communicate with her through, it's not something that I can directly do for myself, but I somehow enable other people to do it. So there's been beautiful healing for people that have passed, um, as well as, yeah, just an understanding of, okay, well, it is a continuum. Mm. And what we learn in this life is just then on to the spirit then continues to grow and evolve outside of this life and I believe comes back into a life at another point in time. Mm. Um, but that's why the person who's homeless, drug-afflicted or just simply down and out for whatever reason, for them to transcend their situation and scenario just to a slightly higher level of consciousness or awareness or just well-being is their success in life. Mm. And in the next life or the life after, they'll continue to do that. So mm. it really is just about moving at your own pace and not trying to be enlightened per mm. se, mm. but live a life that's true to you and something that brings joy and happiness um, and growth and support of yourself and other people because this is a continuum and we don't have to resolve all of this in this life that we have. Mm. Which is quite relaxing to think about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. It makes everything okay. Yeah. And you just do your next step of evolution like it rather than um, this because I, I like that shift of changing to the process of of gently evolving rather than like I must arrive at a destination. I just feel like that's why is that so drummed into us, isn't it? Like destination mm. orientation is so drummed into us. Like, Well, yeah, we're, we're, we are programmed to achieve. We're to results-based outcome based on our schooling, the type of education that we've had, 
Um, but this is where if you can teach people to feel and listen like something that you were talking about just before we came on air was that learning to love someone openly and you might be able to describe more of that, mm. but there isn't a, a, a requirement or a measurement in order to love this person is to mm. love people unashamedly or unequivocally. Mm. If we can live regardless of how we feel or think or what's happening in our life or continue to work towards whatever our set goal is, mm. then we are moving in the right direction. And it's not about, yeah, whether we get there now. The best question I had or the best answer I got from this gentleman that I work with in Germany was I asked him, you know, are you afraid of death? He said, no, this is just the start. <laughs> and it was his confidence and sense of that truth which really made me question what is this life for and how much do we need to achieve um, mm -hmm. because yeah what is what is after here well that's beautiful isn't it because that makes me think i mean the way i receive that is that uh, you know the, the what we are as a collective of humans just just without extending too far into the universe mm. just as a people mm. is is a um is a continuum of life and death and life and death and 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 evolution and hopefully progressing and um, fuck, who knows what the previous civilizations are, but what we, the state of our civilization right now, and mm. and that growing and growing and growing, it feels like it's a um, you know a, 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 an organism within itself, of itself, you know, and we're just an, an element of that organism. And so when you with that with that viewpoint of like no less about the individual self and the acquisitions that we can get in this like particular mm. lifetime, it's the it's the collective self, the extent you know, and yeah. There's a beautiful book um, by Brian Weiss called Same Soul, Many Bodies. Mm. And it talks about, yeah, the evolution of uh, through hypnosis showing a person's previous lives and even future lives. And what was fascinating by that in terms of particularly as a human race worrying about the future of us, um, the choices that we make in this life based on his hypnosis and showing of in someone's potential future lives very much dictated the outcome of the future world. So mm. it's not so much, yeah, whether we find the solution, but if we make the right choices here and now, leads on to a beautiful and better world in the coming time. And that's all our responsibility. That's so cool. So yeah. cool. I love responsibility. Mm. It's so empowering, isn't it? Well, no, yeah, it is. It is. It's empowering because we can make a difference. Yeah. Based simply on my choice to choose love over fear or choose um, I don't know what. But that's that outlook of of a spiritual collective, or like the us as a people, is and re, I mean, quote reincarnation and all that other stuff is is across a lot of different traditions and uh, ancient teachings and such, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Which is a which is a real um, re, a flag for me that it shows that it's if people have come to this conclusion in their own different parts of the world, it must be have an element of truth. But again, always comes down to direct experience and. Sounds like you're having some direct experience with that. Tell, can you tell me about your conversation with your mum and like what that, if if you if you care to, yeah, for sure, talk about that. Um, it was magical. Mm. I mean, to to simply comprehend having a conversation with someone after they're gone. Mm. You know, my biggest fear growing up was dying, and I had this dream over and over again was dying and just floating in space. Really, this thing of like nothingness, and there being this thought of forever more and for eternity, Infinity. I am sitting in space. <laughs> by myself yeah. um so to have this conversation was just beautiful and she just said i'm in this 
space between. I don't know quite know where I'm going, but it's like when someone thinks of me, I have this access and portal to them so I can interact. So as long as I'm still needed or people thinking about me are conscious of me, I'm in this space and can interact with them. Um, And it made me realize that, yeah, I mean, to access my mom and connect with her is simply to think of her. And through spending the time, because I'm so conscious in, yeah, achieving and doing and being proactive, to actually take the time out and stop and go, hey, just sit with the thought of mom or feel mom. You know, it's almost like this telepathic communication. On some level, it's just a feeling. And even Mm. just spending time in the feeling of someone Mm. is beautiful. Um, That's beautiful. It made me think of thinking of my mom and she's alive. But like that, it did the same things for me. Like I, I connected to what who she is, her mm. particular self is, mm. and it might be completely different. But the power, I suppose, that I'm I'm a believer and a sensor of the fact that we can communicate with each other through um, through like if I really focus all my energy on Mum mm. right now, Mum would know that I'm thinking of her. Mm. Well, there's, again, another beautiful book called Mutant Message. You're dropping the books left, right and center. I know, but I just, the things (laughs) that I love, but it talks about, I mean, we have one of the most incredible cultures and indigenous history in our own country here that I had no idea. And it took a German person to give me this and show, here's your history. And I was like, holy shit, here I am like reading about, you know, snakes and creeks being made. And here there's people that they explain that if you have no secrets between two people, then you can communicate telepathically because what? there's a sense of feel and openness and honesty. So Wait, wait. So th- what's the book called again? Mutant Message from Down Under. Mutant Message from Down Under. So it's about, and again, it's under discrepancy about whether this lady is telling the truth or not, but she came out as an American advisor to the Australian Health Board to advise them for a six-month period, and she was invited to a corroboree. Uh, now, she thought she was just going there as part of her job but they said no we heard your dreams and we hear your answer your questions we're going to take you on walkabout for six months so they burned her clothes and her jewelry and took her on walks and it just revolutionized my idea of our own culture our own history what is possible for the human mind Mm. i mean they can sit waiting knowing that someone is walking this way and their connection to earth and appreciation for what comes through their path in terms of food per day and their their ability just to trust and listen to that. You know, I think we have a lot to learn to the traditional history of our country. No doubt. So, yeah, absolutely. There's so much possible when we break down a lot of these barriers that we build up between each of us. That's nuts. So what's the practical outworkings of that? For example, we're pretty, like, I I mean, I've I've been as honest with you as I have with anyone. Like, there's... There's nothing I haven't really haven't told you. Mm. I mean, I could probably think of a bunch of things. I mean, there's loads of things, obviously, <laughs> because I'm not going to tell you about every single thing that's going on in my life. But, but the nature of our relationship is completely open door. Yeah. Um, so can I we do it? The pra- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The practical aspect of that is the, the people you are closer to, and it happens so often when you're thinking about someone you love, they call. Or the closer you are to someone, the more you're in tune with them, the more you feel them. And you just take that onto another level where you literally have no barriers, you have no bars, and you are literally open. So, again, I don't understand the atomic level of our connection. But when we are operating on the same frequency, we are operating on the same rate, it makes sense that we would feel or attune to the same thoughts. True. That's a good way to describe it. 
Because I was thinking, work on scientists, get involved in this and tell us where the frequency is at. Absolutely. And, and there's things like that are then worked on in terms of being created is our vibrational frequency, which would give us a positive feedback, constant real time of how we are operating. We already know that different emotions have different frequencies and anger being the first one of positive change. So mm. if we were able to measure on real-time basis of what we're thinking, feeling, doing, we would be able to ascertain that our environment, that our thoughts, that our behavior all dictate our health because what is our body? It's a series of frequencies. If, yes, it is. We're vibration. As Nicholas yeah. Tesla says, everything is vibration. Mm. Um, can you tell me if you're, if we, you're running the world tomorrow, what kind of language you use to unite everyone? Or if there's a new generation born and you're the ruler. So this, that, is, this is where we differ. I don't believe uniting is possible. We must, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I firmly believe in, in contrast and disagreement and arguments. I mean, we can't possibly. God damn it, I disagree with you. <laughs> We, now, now we're on the same page because <laughs> yeah. you don't want me to disagree with you. I mean, you do want me to disagree with you. I'm happy to really disagree, but <laughs> the reality is we can't have – I just liken it to a relationship. We can't have extreme loving and unconditional love all the time for our relationship without going through the turmoil of disagreements, heartache, um, whatever. In but language, all right then, how, just language for the mechanics of things. For example, if you, if, if, just play with me for a moment. Okay, okay, if, okay. If, 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 humor you. If, humor <laughs> me and play with me. Okay. <laughs> if we, for example, the brand new humans, everyone was yeah. like, just ha had no yeah. understanding of things. You had sent them to school, you had to in inform them of yeah. the nature of things. Yeah. What language would you, would you use? Because to me, it's just language. Yeah. Love, anger, emotions, like, yeah. I would. I, I, I still fundamentally disagree with you because there, oh! <laughs> there wouldn't be a new form of race. Because how else do we learn without going through that pain and difficulty and frustration? We we, we have to go through that uncomfortability in order. But we to need a common language like laughter and love, understanding, understanding. If I can, rather than judge situation, learn to seek and understand and accept, there is love. Good. Fuck yeah, man. I'm down with that. Cool. <laughs> That's really good. Say it one more time. Real loud. <laughs> <laughs> if you can accept or at least seek to accept and learn to understand, then there is love for whatever situation, man. scenario, anything going on. Yes. Yes. And that's where taking the time out to reflect on something that is angering you or frustrating you. And if you can find that understanding or at least acceptance... There is no barrier or need to even understand fully. If you can accept without understanding, there is harmony, there is peace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so true, man. I love that. I feel like I just want you to keep saying that. <laughs> Until that truth, because there is that saying that the repetition of learning embodies it in you. Absolutely. But that, that is just fucking really nice, Luke. I like that a lot. Thank you. Because I know you didn't cognize it yourself, or did you? Uh, I'm sure it, everything I've said has, I'm sure, been read or reiterated from someone else. You have been reincarnated a bazillion times, so yes, of course, of course. <laughs> um, but that, but that is, yeah, I love. But quickly on reincarnation, mm. our, our analogy of that is, and we had this chat about it the other day. I quite liked it. Is that? I mean, for me, it shifted from this esoteric reincarnation thing of like specific souls jumping into new ones and whatnot, or you know, like the re recycle loops. 
and it changed into this thing of like this spherical ball of energy, which is the earth and all life forms on it. And it's the way in which energy goes into one human, then it goes back into the earth and then comes out into another energy field and manifesting continually. But the specifics of it being like one, like there's a list of like a bazillion souls and then they go through the same rounds. It's this embodied knowledge and learning through a central organism. organism. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful. It just shows that as much as we are learning, God is learning. We are God. Yeah. Collectively. Collectively, exactly. Fuck yeah, man. I'm down with your thing of saying that we are way more powerful than we think we are. And this this re- mind reading shit or like being on the same wave, mm. it's more actually being on the same wavelength to the, to the same degree, is it? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure someone will be able to tell us. Do you reckon I could read your mind right now? For sure. Fuck yeah. What were I ever thought? Feel it. Ooh. Rather than think it. I, <laughs> so I was over dreaming I was it. All right, all right. Feel it. You accept me. I love you was my thought. Oh, it's a nice one. And you said that is love. Mm. So when I work with people on a physical level, what I've realized of late is it's not just the physical impact or restriction. So it might be a, it might be a spinal segment or it might be a rib, but actually what you can feel is the vibration. So when I connect to the vibration of what's happening on that level, it shifts. Wow. So then in that same sense, I'm feeling frequency of emotion in the body on a heart level. Today I work with someone on a heart level and going, okay, there's, there's clearly some stuff here. And we just sat there holding the space of the physical chest and the heart and waited for that shift for the nervous system to drop. Why? Purely based on the vibrational feel. Oh, man. So we are so many elements. And what I feel, if I can understand and feel and get a sense for all parts of us, then I have a greater ability to shift us on whatever level we're dysfunctional. Absolutely. And you were saying that this function of our of us leads to disease. And yeah, I, I mean, think that's a really important It lesson. is a really important point. I mean, the longer you leave something in dysfunction, the worse or unhealthy it becomes. When you, I guess in simple analogy, when you have an experience and you like in that feedback loop I talked about and you haven't completely let it resolve within your body system, mm. it's held in certain parts of your body. Now that directly affects via neurotransmitters the actual change health state of that organ, of those tissues, its ability to receive nutrition, both through nerve supply, blood supply. You switch that off and you change, the cells die. So over a long period of time, you have cancer. Shit, man, you really want to get your body in a good state, don't you? Well, we're always processing, we're always letting parts of us die. We're always, you know, our body is a constant, every seven years we have a new body. So it's it's not so much about being in a good state. It's just about being, yeah, I mean, you do want to be in a good state. But you want to give yourself the best chance to actually not hold on to shit, mm. to let stuff go, to give the body the best environment to be healthy. Mm. And for just double down on that um, new body thing, that's a varying degree, like cause lips, new cells are every couple of days or whatnot, and then yeah. down to the bones, which is every seven years. But they also change the um they carry the previous um state of the previous yeah, cells they can the carry ones. the previous state but also what this is what i'm fascinated in is if you change your environment you change the dna expression 
So there's been various research on if you change the fluid cells or the fluid of which the cells are in, you can change its expression from a white mouse to a brown mouse in exactly the same genotype based purely on its environment. So what that says to me and what that says to our body, if we change the environment of which our, all our fluids are existing, this is why f- water is so important for our body, but also our physical environment, that has a dramatic effect on the health of our body. So someone who sits or exists primarily in nature has a very different rhythm of body, cells, mind, thought, mm. function, as opposed to someone who's highly stressed in a city environment. No shit. But there is that environment is what dictates our health. So Biology Belief, another great book, talks about exactly that, showing the scientific notion of changing your environment. To me, that means change the environment of this desk and we can have a better conversation. Change the environment of my room when you walk in and I'll be able to treat better or worse. Um, Change the environment of your bedroom. You know, Feng Shui is as old as, I don't know. Mm. And... All of this shows our influence to think, feel, operate. Um, sometimes we just feel we can't think in this room. We need to go outside. Why? Because we've got more space. Mm. So having a direct awareness of what is influencing us in our environment, both physically, mentally, spiritually, mm. people, objects, electrical stimulation, mm. all this stuff, all electrical stimulus or synthetic products create a physiological bodily contraction of our body. Now, when we're in nature, earth, water, trees, that has a a negative charge, which actually creates a physiological bodily relaxation of our body. So we're getting more effective blood flow, more effective nerve conduction, more effective thought patterns, more effective feeling of motion. Wow. So this is where really being conscious and present to what we're putting on ourselves and oh, trying man. to operate under makes total sense. Why we're fatigued sitting in front of a TV or a computer all day. It's, I love it because I've been craving nature more and more. I've been like, fuck, I feel like just getting into the bush. And that's my body saying, hey, yeah. mate, you need, you need a bit of that. And the more aware of it and the more time you're more sensitive you are, the more you realize. Mm. Um, mm. And we're seeing this with studies now in terms of brain formation, changes with children and the blue lights experienced in TVs or phones and the the basically training which of our front part of our brain, which is our logical thought processing, is being overstimulated by our by this watching of TVs and phones. Mm -hmm. So young kids are being overly conscious in their mind and unable to switch off into their body because of this blue light training. Mm. I I had this meeting with the Apple guys today and he was the guy that runs the iPad in the States and he... um, Telling tell me about this new building they're making for Apple. It's like this big donut. It's a big glass donut. And they said initially it started with like 60% um, building and 40% nature. Mm. And now as they as they played with it more, they landed on 80% nature, 20% wow. building. Beautiful. And it's this because they just realized the importance of having mm. and they've put, brought in like thousands of trees into mm. the place. And it's this big glass donut and it's wicked. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's beautiful. A beautiful analogy of realizing what we need in order to survive. Mm. And it's, you know, it's, it's almost horrific to hear of all these things that negatively affect us. But being conscious to it can make us 
positively change our environment, change our thinking, change our behavior to actually be healthier. Mm. So we need to be empowered, but sometimes we don't want that responsibility. Mm. So it's great to hear that, yes, they're recognizing that for their own staff, for their headquarters, for their thinking, and that's going to revolutionize their, obviously, impact their thoughts and their products created from that space. Mm. Mm. Man, you're making a revolution happen. I really like I'd it. I'd love to. I no. would love to, absolutely. Yeah, but you... <laughs> Was <laughs> inviting you on one? <laughs> yes, I'll do a revolution. No, this is like you, you, you. It's a revolution of consciousness. What you're helping this shift to? Well, I believe we're in that. I believe we're all in a revolution of consciousness. We're all very much more aware of how we think and feel based on, for whatever reason, not being in war or the greatest period of us not being in war, and so we have time and the capacity to think and feel very differently. Right. Um. But, yeah, it is exciting, all the stuff that you're inspired by and think about and, and, and provoked by are things that more people are becoming interested in because they have the time and space and ability and financial freedom or safety to go, actually, what do I love beyond the basic needs? And do you feel like we're going into a place, are you hopeful for our people to to get in harmony with the planet fast enough before we destroy um, tarnish our our home too much to the point of taking way too long to fix because the earth's going to be fine right you know earth will always be fine yeah. it'll just combust and well, then, it's people that we're worried about well, yes. <laughs> it's ourselves um primarily i would like to think that we have the potential to change do rather than rather than saving the world do we have the potential as a human species to change quick enough do I have the potential to change my mindset, my behavior, my thinking in my generation? Mm. I think that's a more relevant question mm. because that has a direct influence on the future generations and this world. Mm. I love it, man. I feel like I could go down in so many different areas in all this conversation. Yeah. But I feel also that we've covered a lot of lovely stuff and kept it to the 40-minute mark that we promised. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. For having me. Um, I was going to just quickly touch on before we wrap up that thing you mentioned before about unconditional love. That's my current challenge is, is, is just loving everything um, rather than having a condition on how I rec- receive from a thing, a person, a, a, a branch, a tree or anything, you know, like just tapping into that part of myself that feels like home and, and bountiful, <laughs> like a fountain of, of, of just a loving awareness and you know that's my current challenge because as you know very well which you kind of you actually started this cascade of affecting me of making me aware of the fact that i'm being conditional with other people and so therefore i'm conditional with how much attention or awareness i give to someone and And yourself and myself ultimately yeah yeah um absolutely if you can be loving of all situations I would like to be that, but also I'd like to be accepting of the fact that we're not going to be pissed off and angry and um, just shitted by life as well because mm. I don't need to be perfect. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> fuck everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, the other day for people at home, I was I called up Luke and um, 
And he basically, I was yelling at him because he was like, you need to get angry. You got anger's blocked. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I never fucking want to be angry because I feel like it's just painful underneath it. So my mistaken intellect goes, don't bother with anger. Just go straight to the pain and the sadness. And that's blocking a natural process that wants to take place. And so you're encouraging me to be angry. And then like a week after, I called you up out of nowhere and I was like, I'm fucking pissed off. And I just went nuts on the situation I was pissed off on. Real rude, real horrible. I hope the people that I was talking about never hear it. But it felt wonderful. And you're at the other end laughing the whole time because you know that it's not the, the ultimate reality and it's, no. and it's just a process. And, and I do love tremendously the people that I was getting pissed off at. Mm. But just letting yourself, letting, if I can let myself go through all emotions, I'm not holding any blocks. I'm not allowing it to sit in my body. Mm. And that ultimately allows to optimal health because I'm just letting any emotion process through. Man, love it. Get angry in a safe space. And then you will fucking have a better body. <laughs> and let it go. <laughs> let it go. Surrender is a real fucking wicked winner, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Luke. I love you so much. Thank you, Jeremy. Love you too. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs>